welcome to the Orion Outlook podcast with myself, Stephen Asbaum, and as always, my good friend, Southdown, chum, bearded legend, the one and only, Mr. Paul Levy. Hello and welcome, one and all. This is episode number 90, and as we only did episode number 89 on Tuesday, there's only a few days worth of news to catch up on, and only the away match against Portsmouth to discuss. More on that later. This week will be a bit different as later in the show we will have the views of fellow fans who we have spoken or who will be calling in uh, live as we record. It won't obviously be yeah. live as you listen back to it. <laughs> bit of a bit of a podcast first for us. Uh, but as always, uh, we will start with an update from our friends over at the Supporters Club. Yeah. So two trips to tell you about. One team is at the top of the table, one team is at the bottom. So firstly, coaches to Plymouth. Uh, on Tuesday, 14th of February, leave Brisbane Road at 1pm for a 7.45 kickoff and cost £30 and £27 for concessions. Uh, and in coaches to Newport, which could be a, well, looks like it will be a relegation six-pointer. Six pointer, yeah. Uh, Saturday, 4th of March, leave Brisbane Road at 8.30am for a 3pm kickoff and will cost £27 and £24 for concessions. There's a £3 surcharge to non-members on those coaches. You can book either at the Supporters Club on match days or by calling the travel line on 07722-135970. And a beer festival to tell you about taking place on Friday 27th of January featuring beers from breweries based in the north of England. Doors open at 5pm and admission is free. So end of a tough January. Get yourself down there, and if you're on dry January, get off it and get down the supporters <laughs> yeah. club. January finished on the 27th this yeah. year. Uh, okay, so also we've had a fantastic update from Howard at the uh, Leighton Orient Trust. So we're just going to bring everybody up to speed with the great work that, that the Trust have been yeah. doing. So the East Stand's new Fans for Diversity Hub was pleased to host around 20 staff and service users from the Salvation Army's Booth House Hostel in Whitechapel, including their own football team at the game versus Barnet. Yep, and following that, it wasn't to be for the under-12 girls football team from Stoke Newington School in Hackney last Wednesday as they lost the tie game 1-0 to Fulham in the semi-final of the Kinder Plus Sport <laughs> EFL Girls Cup summer competition. So a massive thank you to them for representing the O's, but no Wembley appearance, unfortunately. But we now look forward to the boys' competition in March when our representatives will be Aldersbrook Primary School from Redbridge. Lovely. So go Aldersbrook. Leighton Orient and the Leighton Orient Trust have teamed up with Man V Fat to launch a new 15-week football Football League to help men lose weight. Uniquely, the Man V Fat Football League is decided not just on points won, but pounds lost. It is suitable for men of any fitness level, and there are even non-playing roles available, meaning that men of any size can get involved and get healthier. As well as regular football, every player also receives free resources, inspiration, and 24-7 support to help them lose weight and get fitter via manvfat.com. So the league for that starts on January the 25th, and you don't have to be an O's fan to get involved, so it's open to anyone. So if you're a casual O's fan listening to this, or if you're just listening by luck, you can still take part. So the league will run Wednesdays between 7 and 9 at the Score Centre on Oliver Road, Leighton, just opposite the West End entrance. Please contact Phil Smith at the Trust on 0208 556 5973 for more details. So a great cause there. And, yeah, you know, great initiative. Fit, brilliant to get involved with. And last Friday was the launch of the new 60-plus walking football session held at the Score Centre. More players are always welcome and the start time is 11 o'clock. So some fantastic initiatives. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, some great thanks, work Howard. from the Trust. Following up the good work in 2017 uh, into this year. So following episode 89, which was only on Tuesday night, we received this following email from Simon Linden. So thank you, Simon. It goes as follows. It said, hi, guys. Hope all is well. Congratulations and thanks for all your hard work. Here are my thoughts at the moment. Firstly, as a goalkeeper, and he says by no means professional, you learn to watch goalkeepers throughout the years. You do drills and training to make sure you're on point. In the four games between Boxer Day and Barnet, being my last observation, Alex Chizak needs to be replaced. I admire his skills. I think he's a decent goalkeeper, and this isn't an attack on him. However, if you look back at at least the last four games, his confidence is shot, and his defence do not have confidence in him. He doesn't own his area, he doesn't command his area, and he can barely hear and you can barely hear him shout demands. He is stuck on his line and can't come for a cross or a loose ball. He is too slow to make a decision. There was a moment in the game against Barnet where a cross came in in the first half where the ball's direction was heading for the six yard box. The ball didn't bounce dangerously in the six yard box, which is at reluctant to claim. It should have been dealt with. The goals that we conceded, I feel Chizak should have got rid. Not all of them, but goals that changed the game were to his mistakes. With a relegation fight, we need a keeper who can command and own the area. Also, last point, there is no sense of urgency. 
Notice when we are a goal down, there's no real urgency to get the ball back at the other end of the pitch. Goal kicks are slow, and the gentle jog to get the ball is highly annoying. It's not a sprint or quick to set up the ball. It's all very slow and too composed. I feel strongly we need to either drop uh, Alex to teach him a lesson, or get someone in for him to throw in his spot on the squad. Up the O's at Simon Linden. Now, I'm a big Alex Chisak fan, and I'm quite defensive of Alex Chisak, but Simon makes an awful lot of good points out of that. And he does. I, I, I honestly think that some of the... In, in response to him saying that the defence don't have confidence in him, I don't think he has confidence in the defence. And I think that confidence is a massive thing there because at times in the past when we've played great football, you know they've often, the defence, when they've been interviewed, have said, well, I know he's going to do this and I know that. We know each other's games. But I think ultimately there is a confidence issue. Yeah. And, and he isn't a commanding goalkeeper at all. No. You know, when we had um, Eldin Jakubovic, you, you know, you knew he was, he was coming for the ball. He'd call it. I mean, we can't hear it. We can't prepare every keeper to Eldin. No, because Eldin was one of a kind. But yeah, good point. So I agree. The cross factor has been a factor since Chizak's like, been at the club for like the last year and a half. Um, and maybe opposing attackers could read that lack of confidence on both sides and but they threaten that. But I do like the point that Simon makes about urgency. hundred percent. Because you know, with the ball's out, especially at Brisbane Road, when it goes over the fence in the south stand and it drops down, people just standing there waiting for the ball to come yeah. back. There's no urgency when you're a goal down. You know, that can add up to a couple of minutes when you really need a, go- need a goal. So great points, well made. Thank you for that, Simon. If you want to email us, you can email us at orientoutlook at outlook.com or send us a DM on Twitter at orientoutlook. Yep, so moving on uh, to Wednesday, the week that was now, Wednesday the 11th of January. Michael Collins is named as the official club player of the month for December, so well done to Michael. Yep. And in the late evening, Sammy Moore tweets to say that he'll be back in training with the O's from tomorrow morning. And thanks to Dover for his loan spell. So fantastic news. Sammy will pretty much feel like a new signing. He's been playing regularly for Dover, barring a slight injury that he had. Um, but my understanding is that I think we paid them paid Dover to release him early because he wasn't due back until after Saturday. Don't know that. Um, so, but no, like you said, agree with you there. Yeah, feels that's like, not fact. That's what I think is happening. Feels like a new signing. You know, if you can't buy players, recall your loan players. Exactly. So and then we good. didn't put a recall, recall clause in his contract yeah. to our detriment. But anyway. So Thursday 12th of January, uh, former O's manager Kevin Nolan. His name is the Lunox County manager. Good luck, Mr. Nolan, uh, apart from when you played against the O's, yeah. obviously. And obviously, Notts County, Drew. I think, are 23rd. So, you can just imagine the right could be on the wall for Kevin Nolan to put one over. Defensively, they'll be hard to beat, but they won't be scoring lots of goals. Well, he played, it was his first game yesterday, and they kept the clean sheet. It looks exactly. the first point in 10 games they'd lost their previous yeah, 10. Yeah, and so a clean sheet. Good luck to Kev. Yep, Friday the 13th of January, youth player Danny Happ joins Histon United on loan, so good luck to him. Yeah, I wonder if there's a collection at Histon somewhere, because Sam Roach is also at Histon, so I wonder if there's somebody known in the up. So good luck to uh, Danny. Also, Andy Edwards spoke to George Sessions and interestingly said this about the Adam Barrett transfer speculations. He said, I'd love to bring in somebody like Adam. He has got experience and is a leader and a great character. He's got on a bit in years, but I think he started 16 games for South End this season. So I'd love to bring him in or somebody like him, but it can't be done. The most fundamental part. The most fundamental part of that is that it can't be done. Can't and won't be done. So obviously Bichetti, Vito, (laughs) Rob, I don't know what they've been doing. I don't know what they've been planning. I don't know why all of a sudden now in the most, you know, you only get one window. You know, mid-season, this is the only window that we've got and we're at the bottom and the stupidity behind this, you know, we just don't understand. And unfortunately, none of them will come out and say, this is what our plan is. This is why we're behaving like this is why there's no money available. We have a threadbare squad. We've got, what, 15 first-team players now and beef that up with, with nine junior players, nine young players who are inexperienced. It just absolutely doesn't make any sense. But... It, it just yeah just beggars belief a little bit I think regardless of whether Francesco Bichetti wants to sell Leighton Orient or not obviously the club is going to be worth a lot more as a football league club and at this point it's exactly. pretty critical that we get players in you know Adam Barrett is a player who on paper by the sounds of it by what Andy said someone that we desperately need a defender a leader yes. uh, and a bit of experience at the back because at the moment central defence is our weak spot we can yeah. all see it so 
And it's probably frustrating. Numerous other players that Andy was after because he said he's spoken to a lot of people. So I'm sure he's had a lot of people lined up. Oh, he's, he's got people the lined fact, up. Yeah. The fact that Andy said that he hadn't spoken to the chairman at the beginning of the month suggested that there was a problem already. Yeah. Um, because, you know, surely when he was offered the job, he'd be talking about what, what, what the team needs because he was in the, in the front line yeah. with... Um, Alberto Cavasin so you know has Bichetti got fed up with all the rubbish players that have come in is he just saying right well that's it just deal with what you've got and that's 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 my lot I'm done or is he just doing it just to prove a point that well, we, we need him more than he needs us well it sounds like he's kind of fed up of owning the football club and it's pretty much a sod you but I think you're right but we'll see we'll I think see. he's gone and stuck two fingers up at us but if that means that that paves the way for somebody else to come in and take over, I hope that, like Notts County, Notts County are under a transfer embargo, otherwise I'm sure they would have had players come in, but hopefully it won't be too late yeah. and he can still get, get a few resources in. And I think, you know, as the next point says, you know, Peterborough is looking to offload Shaq Coulter. Personally, Shaq didn't do very well when he was with us. Uh, I'm not a great fan. I think you may be a bit harsh there. Don't forget, it was the playoff season. He wasn't getting anywhere near the team because of Lisby and Mooney. And at True. that time, you had Sean Bat, you had Jamal Loza. I think he, yeah, I think he only came on three times. He only scored against. Um, he scored, I think, against Rochdale when it was five nil. I don't, I don't think it was Rochdale. It was a League Two match, and he scored. He scored the fifth. I can't remember who it was. I can't remember who it League was. League One. League One. Sorry. Yeah. Yes, but he's he barely got a chance, mate. Yeah, fair barely enough. got a chance. But interesting quote from Barry Fry. Yeah, who said there are a couple of London clubs interested in Shaq. Andy Edwards at Leighton Oil wants him badly, but his owners are not easy to deal with, which tells you. Because Barry Fry's easy to deal with, but, you know, Pot Kettle Black, I think I saw someone on Twitter, and that's bang on, but if that's coming from another club, then you just know that that's the reputation that we have. Perception, is it? Perception. So that's maybe why we can't manage to get loans, because who would want to give their young players to the fast that is Leighton Oil at the moment, unfortunately. But interestingly, though, Shaq is an office for Mansfield, who had a transfer been accepted. And Shaq uh, rejected the move instantly and he also rejected the move to Motherwell as he wants to stay close to his family in yeah. London. So, I mean, that's got to be a, an advantage. You know, he's at Peterborough at the moment, hasn't set League One on fire, which ultimately, if he wants to stay in London, gives him the choice of Leighton Orient or Barnet without sounding harsh. And Barnet yeah. have just gone and bought a new forward for £40,000, Akinola. Yeah. And they've got a Kim Day, so there's no chance. I, I can't see him going yeah. in for. That one. So if we hear anything from that, obviously we'll keep you posted via our social media accounts. Absolutely. So that was on Friday. So we move on now to yesterday, Saturday the 14th of January. Um, the under-18s match was postponed in the morning due to a waterlogged pitch. So we move on to the Portsmouth away match. The yep. team lined up with Chisak in goal, Hunt, Mezegay, Parks and Judd, with Moore, Atangana, Massey, Collins and Semedo in the middle and McCallum up front. Substitutes were Sam Sargent, Pollock, Kennedy, Karoma, Nomo, Bowery and Palmer. So it was three changes from the uh, Barnet team. It was Miles Judd, Sammy Moore and Sandro Samado came back into the side with even Erico out through injury. So we wish uh, Erico well. I'm not sure what the uh, injury is there with him. And while Cal- Callum Kennedy and Josh Karoma both dropped to the bench for me, I like that. I thought that was a pretty decent lineup. Only concern is that with the same midfield last week, apart from Moore, we looked pretty uh, lacklustre. An attack, yeah. um, so that was my only concern about that. You, yeah, would have gone with Karoma over Semedo because he looked a bit more livelier than Sandra. I think Sandra needed a bit more of a rest. Maybe he's going to kind of alternate between them because they're both so young. Maybe they're both knackered. Maybe that'll be the well, plan. Just didn't come on yesterday, did he? So, don't think I so. Don't know. No, uh, also think we should go two up top and then change it if we need to. But I do like the fact that you know he's changed it up and, and played against what how he thinks Portsmouth might set up so uh, and obviously glad to see Sammy Moore back in the side bit yeah. of, bit of fresh blood um, it's like a new signing so we received loads of tweets when the team got uh, announced a few of the choice ones that we got at Tolu underscore Sango said I genuinely think with a better striker and better fullbacks that's a team capable of the playoffs interesting yeah. at Hassler said not the most attacking lineup. one up top with McCallum does not work yeah at Colin Jeffrey 67 said as someone who thinks Kennedy is the poorest player in the squad I'm glad that Judd is back in the team at Lawton Gamst Kennedy should be starting today but on paper it's decent enough given the limited options available and Vince Howe with 73 said Karoma looks more lively than Samada has for ages at least though there is another attacking option with more in the team so thanks for all the tweets uh, yeah. pre-match you know we get loads of score predictions and loads of team predictions well, sorry team tweets so 
Uh, thank you for sending those in. Absolutely. So the game started, uh, well, just before the game started, I beg your pardon. Nice touch that there was a minute's applause for ex-Portsmouth and Orient defender Paul Went, and also for Graham Taylor. Yep. And if you go back to episode 89, Dave Victor very, very yep. kindly gave us... Uh, two, uh, sorry, he gave us two or three interviews that he'd done with people who knew Paul Went very well. So if Paul Went is a new name to you, um, go back to episode 89, not to plug it like that, but yeah. go back and listen to it because there's, he clearly was a wonderful man and I'm gutted I never got to meet him. Yep, so we started the match in a 3 5 2 formation, uh, which was a bit of a surprise actually, with Hunt, Mezigay, and Parks uh, at the back, with Judd and Semedo uh, operating as wing backs with Moore sitting just behind Attengar and Collins in midfield, and Massey uh, supporting McCallum up front, so Massey in a more uh, attacking role. So prior to this uh, podcast, we spoke again to Matt Bristow, um, as we couldn't make the match, so Matt obviously was at the match, so we spoke to him about the main talking points uh, about the game yesterday, and here is us talking to Matt Bristow about the Portsmouth match yesterday. So thanks for joining us, Matt. So uh, first impressions of the same sheet when you saw it? I, well, I spoke to Middad before the game and I thought Samido would come straight back in the side. But from pre-match, looking at the warm-up, they were, they were setting up as a back four. So it was in the, the warm-up, they, they, I think they had Parks left back, Hunt, Mezigay and Judd right back. So I don't know if that was a ploy to put off Portsmouth thinking we'd play three at the back. But I, I, I thought Moore would come straight back in as well, into the side. And I, well, I think... As soon as Evershaw was out, I think Mesa was the obvious option to come back in the side. So from that, I thought it was relatively team. I think most most people would have played, but I would have looked at it when I've seen how they lined up at the start. I would have played Kennedy at left wing back rather than Semedo. But yeah, good it's easy. It depends if he's fit enough, I guess. Um, having been out for a bit, and a so, good, good point. Sort of up was yeah. that um, about the four four two the way. The official Twitter feed announced the team made it look like a four-four-two as well. They blocked it in four. Um, sorry, they made it look like a four-five-one. They blocked it as it was a four-five-one. So good spot in that. So first twenty minutes, um, few incidents level. really. Yeah. Um, but but uh, it, yeah, it was a bit squeaky bum in the first twenty, wasn't it? Really, they had a couple of couple of good efforts. Yeah, they, they start, but I think I think Portsmouth will always always start like that way. They, they always have a lot of the ball, commit a lot of men forwards. I mean, fucking first opening minutes. I think that left back crossed their right back and he had a he had a shot blocked. So I think everyone in the in the away ground knew roughly the pattern of the play that was gonna to happen today. It's gonna to be us defending deep and hoping they don't score too many, I think. And Parks almost uh, scored an own goal in the sixteenth minute. Yeah, I mean I think uh, Baker cut in from the from the right hand side and had a shot. As soon as he hit Parks, I think you were like, Well that's that's dipping that's dipping quite close and then uh, uh Chizak tipped over, so he did well there, but then unfortunately um, there was a penalty um, to Portsmouth. Um, I've seen it, you've seen it. Uh, what, what were your thoughts from from inside the ground, Matt? Uh, well, I think, well, I, I commented on my, on my blog beforehand that Portsmouth had already had eight penalties this season, so the likelihood of them having another penalty was very high. So I think Naismith dived in the box about ten minutes earlier, there's a couple of little niggly fouls that were going on and you could see that I think there was Portsmouth were playing the ref. And as soon as I think Stevens knocked the ball past Moore, I think well he's gonna give the penalty. To me it just looks like Stevens runs into Sammy Moore, he can't get out of the way. But that's what it looks like to us more than anything else. Cool. I think most people at the game could have told you that the referee was giving most things to Portsmouth, so as soon as the incident happened you just thought well, that's gonna be a penalty. And then uh, and then Chizak Chizak saved well. Went well for the penalty, and then obviously about two minutes later, Chaplin tapped in at the back post. And then appeals were offside for that goal, but I think quite a few people have looked at it on TV today. Freeze framed it, and doesn't look like he actually was offside. Uh-huh. It just seems like a more kind of another case of bad defending at the back post and not picking up the amount who taps it in. I think, it, well, that, to me, it looked, I know we're playing through at the back, but to me, it looked like he was in the, he was in the gap between your right centre back and your right full back, or your wing back. So that, I mean. It looked like no one picked him up, but I don't understand why you're not picking up one of your two strikers in the box, but it's been a story of the season, really. Yeah, yeah. So switching off at vital moments, absolutely. So one down, um, and the pressure remained as Parks then cleared the header off the line after Chisak missed the cross. Yeah, from another corner that was, yeah, like, failure to, to deal with set pieces again. 
and he did well parts in the end. He, he got back on the line after Chizak didn't well come for the cross and missed it. So should, yeah, it was a bit. Should Chizak uh, come for that cross? In your opinion, obviously I haven't seen I haven't seen that bit of action. Uh, I think he should have done, but it's Chizak rarely comes across anyway, doesn't he? So yeah, it's you think well if he doesn't come for half of them, then why is he coming for that one? So. And then on the 37th minute, ball gets pumped up to McCallum, who controls it quite nicely. Yeah, he does, yeah. He controls it. I think it's about the one of the, one of the, couple of the only times that the ball's, the ball's went up top and it, and it stuck. So I think the, McCallum got the ball down there and went back to Nigel, and Nigel flipped it back onto McCallum, who laid it off to, to Massey, and that was a, a brilliant finish. Yeah. Brilliant. Massey. Yeah. But for what he was standing behind the goal, it looked like it was going wide. Yeah, kind of took a... Yeah, just saw it in the back of the net, and I think there was a bedlam in the way when that went in, but... I bet there was. Another classic goal at uh, Fratton Park, obviously yeah. following Joby McInnes screaming last season, another shoddy goal to contend the season for Orient at Fratton Park. So, great goal for Messi, and obviously went in at half-time, one all, despite some late pressure in the first half. One all, a fair reflection at half-time in your eyes, or lucky for us to be at one all? I think it was lucky to be one all, to be fair. I think that was our only shot on goal. I mean, if, if you... I mean, I listened to Paul Cook's interview after the game. Yeah. I got back home last night and he was saying that they had enough chance in that first half to put the game to bed, and I, I agree with him. I mean, Chizak didn't make too many saves. It's more Portsmouth's bad, bad shooting in, in good positions, but they were re- really on top in the first half yesterday. So, second half kicked off, no subs, but same old Orient where he did a very early goal in the second half as the ball came in, um, and Chaplin completely unmarked, quite close, central in the box. Makes it two one shots. He was in the six. Yeah. Just just be just in front of the six yard box, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Just in. I mean, it didn't stop the cross on the right flank, and uh, Chaplin was just just in acres of space. And I, I, if if anyone gets a chance to watch it, the, the Portsmouth did an angle behind the goal for the for yes. Chaplin's header, and Chaplin's Chaplin's the same position as Tom Parks, and he just walks behind him and is in acres of space. So, so defensive laps there from Parks and like yeah, I think Tom Parks just doesn't read read where the ball's going, and Chap- Chapman obviously good reader of the ball, hits behind Parks and heads it, heads it cleanly in the goal. So, I mean, you probably know this, but it was a great tweet uh, after that goal in from uh, Dave Victor, who said Matt and I make it. Already conceded nine goals ten minutes after the restart in eight different games this season. I mean, that's a terrible stat, but yeah. But a great. Well, we went for a stage. I think we went for a stage in sort of September, October, where that was. We were losing a hell of a lot of goals that way, and it sort of we sort of went off a bit. And I mean, it's kind of like it's gone back again. Go back to concentration after half time. Um, so I don't, I don't know what it is, but it's it's been a. If you look at Andy Edwards' second half record, it's not brilliant of how we start games in the second half of, uh, of games. Mm. Yeah, good point. And then we get into sort of mid-60 minutes now and, and, and we're, we're having a couple of efforts on, or at least trying to, to drum up some, some efforts on target. Samedo put a brilliant cross across from the left from, uh, for, uh, sorry, for McCallum uh, and Massey, but, but Portsmouth goalkeeper David Fords, you know, comes out and collects it quite comfortably. Yeah, I mean, sort of towards the end of the second half, it was, it was basically trying to find Massey. Massey was drifting off his right flank into central area, he was trying to look for the, the for the ball in behind. And a lot of the time, he was, he was trying to get it there, but it was it was then trying to get the support up up to to sort of help Massey and McCallum, and actually trying to find the ball in the in the final third. And then Burgess almost put the ball into his own net, and agonisingly wide. Otherwise, Collins would have had a tap in. Yeah, I mean that was a. I think everyone could see it. The ball's ball pumped pumped long, and Ford was coming, and Burgess was coming. I think, well, neither of them have spoke, and I mean. I think everyone beyond the guy could see it was easily it was easily going wide, but if it was sort of five yards to the left, it, uh, it would have gone straight in. But I mean, that's when you're at the bottom or when you're at the top. That's yeah. that's where you goes. Yeah, and then yeah, and then in the 69th minute, Jordan Bowery replaced Sammy Moore, and I think Andy Edwards said post match uh, that that was due to sort of a bit of cramping. Um, yeah, and, and so we, we were shocked because um, Nigel had been booked in the in the first half, so we think if it was a which is a tactical change. You probably would have taken Nigel off and put instead of and keeping Sammy Moore on. But as in saying, if he's got cramp, then that's it. That's uh, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. But your thoughts on Sammy Moore quickly? Did how, how yeah, he really well yesterday? I thought. Well, I think we've missed him. We've missed him all sort of 
uh, October, November time, because realistically we, we were having a chat yesterday on the way to the ground saying that the problem with our November and December form was we had so many players out, out terribly out of form, we had no one to replace them. So when they're still out of form, they're still playing games. We didn't have the option of taking them out, out of the side and giving them a, a break for a bit and slowly bringing them back in. And in the last 20 minutes, pretty much pressure from Portsmouth by the sounds of it. 70th minute, a uh, good save from Chizak to push Naismith's deflected free kick behind. Uh, and in the 80th minute, should be free as Chapman crossed in, but Smith couldn't finish it off. So I guess we were still under pressure at that point in the game. I think it was still under, I think it was, well, I think mostly yesterday was just damage and limitation. I think it was, I think most of us expected a defeat, but it was, you just don't want it to be a heavy defeat. You just, I mean, 2 1, I think it was a, People won't like me saying it, but I think it was a good scoreline. We didn't, yeah. we, with only one goal, we didn't get hammered. They didn't put their chances away, but it means that you still only went at Portsmouth and lost 2-1. So, so your final thoughts then, Matt? Better, better performance than last week against Barnet? Better performance, I think we had a better balance to the side because when we played Barnet, we had a, uh, a central defender playing in midfield. But we seemed to have a bit, bit more balance because we had Sammy Moore in there, Nigel Lands, Collins. Um, but I... It's one of them now. I think, in hindsight, I think Ed was Ed was went for three at the back to try and combat the the, the wing backs of Portsmouth. But I don't think I think most formations wouldn't have worked yesterday, really. So, but not unhappy with a two-one loss, thinking that no. I, well, I was. I think most most importantly was to not was to not get beaten, not get not get thumped like when we did at Sheffield United. Yeah. If you've done like that, your most important game, your most important two games in the next in the next lot. Are, are, uh, you're more, you're more come at home next week and you're Mansfield in, in two weeks so you, they're your games you need to pick points up yeah yeah perfect so that was Matt Bristow's thoughts <laughs> on yesterday against Portsmouth so I think he rounded up uh, the game quite well there so obviously we lost the game 2-1 our third league defeat uh, on the trot and so far in 2017 we remain pointless so thank you to Matt for doing that <laughs> so Andy Edwards after the match said I thought the spirit was very good and that is one thing which we have been lacking we spoke to the players about that they need to recognise this and continue it and on the other side we need to stop conceding cheap goals it wasn't over team cross it was a good delivering header but it was somebody in our area who was unmarked again yeah yeah um, Dulcet Dave um, interviewing post-match uh, tweeted saying Andy said that he'd been told by the owner that he has to work with this group of players he still has targets if that changes they've also tweeted saying that Andy would like to strengthen and bring more bring in more experienced players into the squad and that Liam Kelly is still a month away from returning I mean, Liam Kelly again like Sammy Moore will fall like a new signing when yeah, he comes 100%. back I mean that's a massive kind of playback two defenders now two <laughs> central defenders yep. and a striker yeah Cool. And he also said that the young players can have an effect. Uh, said Miles Judd was excellent, but we can't ask too much of them. I think that's a fair comment. Yeah, one hundred percent. And this is this comment. is what I'm saying. Like we've got nine players that are registered as youngsters. Yeah. It's not fair. To, it's yeah, not yeah. a good education um, route for them. Uh, edu- learning curve for them. So. Not any um, and and, fi- and finally, he said um, that he, uh, Andy said that he hopes Michael Collins can extend his contract. But he doesn't know if he can. So lots going on at the club at the moment, or very little going on yep. at the club at the moment, depending on what way you're looking at it. So league table. Yeah. So despite that defeat, we actually moved up a place to 20th in League Two. So play 26, one seven, drawn four, lost 15, 25 points, with a goal difference of minus 11. So we moved up uh, due to the fact that Accrington Stanley slipped below us as they fell to a heavy three level defeat. Meaning their goal difference became the same as ours. But as we scored more goals, they slipped below us. So. Uh, freakishly yeah we actually moved up so strange isn't it yeah but however we are just two points off the relegation places now uh, it's getting very tight in this Accrington Stanley in 21st same points as us and the same goal difference Cheltenham who seems to be getting much better actually uh, they won 3-0 yesterday they made a load of signings didn't they yeah I think they made 8, eight. I think they made 8 but got rid of 10 uh, it's in the football league show oh, wow. so they're 22nd they have one point less than us but a better goal difference now they got a plus 3 yesterday obviously Notts County are 23rd Two points behind, but they now have Kevin Nolan. Uh, I've already gone through the Kevin Nolan yeah. uh, story. And Newport in 24th. Look a bit doomed now. They've got 18 points, so they're, they're kind of playing catch-up. But they've signed nine players and he still wants more. Yeah. I just read 
I just read before. So see what so, happens with that. So yeah. it's getting very tight down there. So Mr. Levy, your views on yeah. yesterday's match? To be honest, I expected a heavy <laughs> loss. Uh, Portsmouth are obviously a very strong side. So to lose 2-1 is not such a bad thing because for me it would be sort of more about damage limitation uh, going against that sort of team. However, to concede a goal less than one minute into the second half for me is really, really poor. I think Sandro should have tried harder to stop the cross coming in and obviously Parks was completely ball-watching, lost his man who literally just took a stride forward and, and tapped in at the back post. Good player, that Chaplin. Very good player. I, I yeah. don't think he'll be at Portsmouth for too long if they don't go up. Yeah, I don't doubt that. Yeah. Um, not, uh, obviously, having seen the highlights on, on Orient player, uh, there was a lot of defence splitting passes made by Portsmouth. Some of the passes that absolutely bypassed our midfield altogether and they weren't amazing. They were just very, very simple on the floor passes. So it just shows you that the, the lack of um, ability in, in, in the side at the moment because to me that's not acceptable and it needs to yeah. be addressed. The players need to play for each other more. I don't know what... Uh, obviously they're all affected by what goes on upstairs and, and, and obviously the fact that Andy can't bring in obviously it's not a good atmosphere for anybody at our club it is to, to coin the phrase it is a bit toxic there but um, you know and, and matters off the field continue to dominate social media as Andy Edwards openly admits to Dave Victor that he can't bring any new players in uh, as I've said before it defies logic and is terrible for the club's long term future and as fans we can only do our best and support the team by being vocal and, and supporting and singing as best as we possibly can that's our job that's our bit um, and, and we need to let them know that we are here whatever ha whatever the weather you know we, and yeah. just hope it inspires them to want to do well absolutely uh, for me a more spirited loss against a team who are going to be up there come the end of the season you know they'll, they'll be automatic or playoffs uh, great penalty saved by Chizak done very well there I thought I didn't think it was a penalty but when you think luck might be on our side we can see less than a minute after a penalty save yeah. just typical the way things are going massive take a bow to Gavin Massive the equaliser beautiful hit and like you've already said so disappointing to concede so early into the second half and although we equalised once you got the feeling we weren't going to equalise again um, but still a few positives to take from the game and Andy now has a week to work uh, with the players and get ready for Morecambe yeah, absolutely. So that's the way we look at that. Um, so those were our views, so your views. So this is the first official Orient Outlook live phone-in. So we're going to make uh, the first call. So this is all live. So hopefully people will answer their phones. And um, the first caller, um, hopefully we, if he answers the phone, will be Stuart Hebron at Stew on Twitter. Mr. Levy, I believe, is making the call right now. So as soon as these people come on, we are going to Hello. crack on. Hello, Stu. This is Stephen Paul from the Orient Outlook. You are live on the podcast. Please do not swear. <laughs> Good evening. Good evening, Stu. Good evening, Stu. The floor is yours. <coughs> wow. Right. Okay. Um, well, yeah. I just, what I just like, sort of wanted to voice my concerns about FB. Um, in, I, I know I met you, Steve, uh, at the um, meet the chairman's yep. evening, um, and uh, you know he was coming out and saying that. You know, aspirations of being in the championship and the premiership, and you know, it's almost putting his money where his mouth is. Well, well where is it now? Um, you know, particularly very frustrating. You know, and that was what only what three, four months ago, probably. Yeah, it was, um, wasn't it? Late August. So it's um, yeah uh, to to find us in the position that we're in now, um, and the rumours going around that he's not willing to give. Andy or Danny, the backing is is just terribly frustrating. So I guess you would probably be happy to kind of see the back of FB now. I guess that's the same thing. Yeah, as well, I think, yeah, yeah. I think I think it'd just be good. I, I think we just need a, a fresh impetus. To be honest, um, we you know we need someone to come in, you know, just to sort of give the place a bit of a lift. Um, and we certainly do need a lift at the moment. That's for sure. Um, I think you know. You know, testament to uh, Andy and Danny for doing what they've done so far. I think you know they've done. I, I think they've done really, really well with the resources that that we've got. Um, so you know, I, I don't think that they. I don't think that any criticism can be sort of laid towards their 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 end. Um, but but yeah, we, he just needs to either you know get on with it or or, or sell up. And just very very quickly, Stu. Why do you think FB is uh, Francesco Becchetti? Why do you think he's decided to say to Andy, "I'm, um, um, get on with it with what you've got." What, what would I you think he just lost it. I, I think I, I just think he's lost interest. 
Um, I, I don't. Um, yeah, I was thinking about it last couple of days. Uh, you know, maybe he, he spat his he spat his dummy out because of the the loft uh, uh, protest. Perhaps um, you know, maybe that 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 could be a thing. Um, you know, but uh, or, or is he is he a man enough to sort of think and, and sit back and think to himself, well, look, I've made quite a lot of mistakes here, um, and um, I, I, I need to be you know sort of you know looking to pass it on to somebody. Yeah, I mean, I, I, ho- I hope those negotiations are taking place as we speak, <laughs> to be honest. Fingers, um, fingers but... crossed that they are. But, Stu, that's, that is your time, I'm afraid. Thank you very much indeed for coming thank on and, uh, and for all your tweets. Stu, thank you for being the yeah. very first. You're, you have been the first live in phone uh, guest, so thank you very much on behalf of the no, audience. Cheers, boy. Happy New Year to you and keep up the good work. Happy cheers, New Year, Stu. Happy, happy New, New Year. Year to Harry as well. Cheers. Thank you, boys. Cheers. Bye. Cheers, Stu. Bye. Bye. Bye, bye. Bye. So that was Stu. So uh, our first call has been a success. So we've been there and done that and got that. So thank you to Stu. So he is saying FB wants him to go. His time's up. Doesn't know what he's playing at. If you agree, let us know at Orient Outlook or give us an email at orientoutlook at outlook.com. So second caller, who we are going to get on the line now, uh, is Andy. He is on Twitter at Orient Meat Pie. Again, we've got no idea what people are going to say. So we just hope they answer their phones first as a starting point and we hope they keep it clean so Mr Levy is making the call now hopefully he answer if not we'll go on to the third caller um, but yeah this is strange it must be what live radio is like so so no Andy is not answering Andy his phone answering. so we will have to come back to Andy <coughs> this is the uh, beauty of live of yeah. doing things live so we are now going to go forward to Josh let's hope Josh we don't have the same fate, but but like you say, if anybody's got any views on anything that we, that any of the fans and opinions on here, we'd love to hear from you. So do we are on Facebook, search or an Outlook podcast on Facebook if that is your choice as well. We now have um, Josh on the phone. Josh is joining us live. Thank you very much, uh, Josh, and uh, very good evening to you. Hi there, guys. How are you doing? Good, you? Yeah, not too bad. Not so, too bad. So, Josh, thank you for joining. Um, <laughs> So, remember to keep it clean. Remember, you're live on the podcast. You've got two and a half minutes. So, what would you like to say? Uh, I just think, um, think yesterday, yesterday showed sort of how thin we are and how poor the squad is, really. Um, I think it's a unmanageable job, an unmanageable job for Andy Edwards at the moment. You know what? He can't bring in his own players. And it looks like yesterday he seemed a bit frustrated in his post-match conference. And I think it might be dentro- de- uh it might be detrimental in us going down at the Football League, right? And what do you think needs to happen? I mean, obviously, I'm asking an obvious question, but obviously we need more, more bodies in, but there, there seems to be a much wider issue here, don't you think? I, do, I, do th- I just think we, we're incapable of, you know, coming at teams when we go 1-0 down and it seems that we, look, we lack spirit, we lack passion. That second half yesterday, we came out and within about two minutes, we've gone 2-1 down and... Like Edward said, you, you can do certain much in uh, training, but it comes down to individual errors at certain times in games. And I think it was Tom Parks yesterday who uh, didn't mark Connor Chaplin properly and it's resulted in a goal. And that was really probably the only real chance Portsmouth had in the second half. And, you know, it's cost us the game, really. So, in terms of Andy and Danny, you feel they're doing a good job under the circumstance at the moment? Would you like to see Francesco kind of persevere with, it, with these two for the time being? You know, yeah, I, I think having Andy Edwards in is a, it's, a, it's a wise choice, in my opinion, because he knows the squad. He's uh, working with limited resources. You know, Bacchetti's basically said that he's got to work with the squad with, uh, that he's got at the moment, bringing in the youth team. And I think he's the man to do it. I just, I feel, I feel bad for Andy because I don't think uh, he's got a, like he's got a fair chance. You know what I mean? He's, he's not had the chance to like create his own squad and you know he wanted to bring in players like uh, Barrett like you said he was a admirer of Shaquille Cole first at Peterborough and I just hope he um, I hope he gets it right and we can pick up points against teams that are in and around us you know what I mean Nolan, Nolan's been brought in at Notts County you know what I mean and if, if you look at Morecambe if we lose to Morecambe on Saturday it's nine points between them and us and it's only a small number of us down in that re- in that relegation battle, and if we don't pick up points when we need to, we could be losing our football league status come come the end of May. 
Josh, great points. Well made, mate. You've just hit bang on two and a half minutes. So thank you for uh, speaking to us. You have been our second live caller. Uh, thank Everyone. you very much, and we'll see you soon, Josh. Have a good evening, lads. You, you too, too man. Thank you very see much, ya. Josh. So while we were on the phone to Josh, we've just received a message from uh, at Orient Meat Pie Andy, who neglected to answer our call uh, three minutes ago. So we're going to call him back. He's promised to answer his phone this time. Don't know whether he got stage fright or <laughs> if he was... Uh, he won't like a number one or a number two um, but hopefully we will be speaking to him very shortly we are um, now live with Andy Andy very good evening to you thanks for uh, thanks for coming forward to, to voice your opinions you have two and a half minutes the floor is yours over to you my friend thanks very much guys uh, well first of all I want to thank you for being the one bright spot in a <laughs> couple of seasons of absolute dismal misery for the majority of us O's fans so thanks, carry on doing thank the you, great Andy. work I think we all appreciate what you're doing Thank you. Um, one of the other, th- I mean, I think one of the things that I really wanted to talk about today that's concerned me, that's really cropped up over the last month or so, has been the um, people blaming Loft. Um, so the late Norwegian fans, trust for those who don't know, but I'm sure everybody does, um, for Becchetti essentially going quiet and off the grid. Um, you know, over the last month, particularly in the most crucial time of all, when we need to strengthen the squad. And I think that that you know. <laughs> I'm finding it really hard to deal with the fact that a man who's made so many mistakes in, in, in Francesco Vecchetti is apparently being scared off by um, a rather mild protest march when he's actually prepared to stand up to the might of the Albanian government's legal system, um, uh, along, with, along, with every, along with all the other um, issues that him and his family have been involved in over the years. Um, Around, around waste management, which we won't go into, um, but I, I, I'm, I find it hard to believe that a man, a man of his, uh, his, you know, toughness, um, is, is scared off by a few insults from a handful of fans. Um, and to be honest with you, as a fan base, we're pretty mild-mannered anyway. So I'm, I'm pretty shocked that people would feel that would be the case and would actually turn on fellow fans. Um, Loft are the only group. And by the way, I, I have to say I'm not involved in Loft in any way in running or, or involved in it, but I do appreciate the fact that they're the only ones who seem to be trying to come up with any sort of contingency plan should he decide to walk. Um, I don't see any, I see a lot of finger pointing, a lot of whining and moaning, but I don't see anyone else doing anything about it. So, <laughs> you know, from my point of view, you know, they're about the only thing that stands between us and oblivion. Um, should the worst come to the worst, and it's, it's ironic, we're talking about Portsmouth yesterday, and we're talking about recent results, which haven't been very good. Um, mainly down to the fact, in my opinion, that we have a threadbare squad now and all the decent players have more or less gone. Um, you can argue about that. But um, it, it, it's just, the fact is that, uh, you know, and people are saying, well, with no more investment, we're going down. Well, you know, if we have a 10 or 12-point deduction by going into administration, if he decides, uh, you know, to, to not pay off those loans, which is what they are, they're loans, they're not him dipping into his pocket and giving us free cash, like some fans seem to think, mm. right? Then we are in deep, deep trouble. And, you know, we won't have a club without people who are prepared to galvanise and protect this, the 135-year, proud 135-year history that we have. So somebody, you know, so, so I think there needs to be a bit of um, fancy to stop turning on each other based on personality clashes and whatever else. And they need to get behind the club. They need to get behind Loft. And um, if there are issues, then thrash them out and figure it out because this is bigger than any one of us. Um, and, you know, and I, I, I've got... You know, I'm, I'm seriously concerned, as I know many others are, that, you know, this could be the last year of Lake Norian FC unless something happens. Now, it's very unusual for an owner just to go quiet like this. So we're back to where we started. No communication. Nobody knows what's going on. And so speculation is rife. Uh, finger pointing is rife. And so what we do know is that we, as fans, will can and will talk to each other via social media, via, via you know, at football matches, so we need to try and stick together on this or at least get together and, and stop letting these trivial personality clashes get in the way of, of, of the bigger issue of you know, coming up with a contingency plan for our club. We need to work this out because this, this could, we could be in real trouble. I think you made a lot of really good points there and I think we, we will probably get a lot of feedback on, on some of the things that you've you said there, Andy, but we are well over your uh, two and a half minutes, but we wanted, to let you, no, we wanted to let you carry on because the points that you've made there are, are absolutely bang on the money. So, Andy, thank you very much indeed for, for giving up a few minutes of your evening for us and uh, hopefully you'll be able to listen back to yourself later on this evening and during the course of the week. Cheers, buddy. You're welcome, guys. Keep up the, keep up the great work. Thanks, Thanks a lot. Andy. Take Bye. care. Bye.
So that was Andy there making some great points about Loft. So do you uh, agree with Andy? If so, let us know at Orient Outlook or give us an email at orientoutlook at outlook.com. So great to get Andy back on after we initially missed his call. So um, next caller is Ben Churchill at Ben LOFC. We are trying to get hold of now. And as soon as we do, he will be live on the podcast. So that's three people down. That's 50% of the live phone so far. So, so far, so good. Only one person not answering their phone. Hopefully, uh, Ben is but about ben to answer. Ben is now live. Yeah, Ben. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. You are. How you doing? You are live. Very well. How are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad. Thanks for inviting me on. Pleasure. Thanks for coming on. You have two and a half minutes. The floor is oh, yours. No swearing. <laughs> Off you go. No, no swearing. Okay. So the first thing I wanted to say was that I don't. My my personal view is I don't think um, Bichetti should be a chairman of a football club. I think in the last two and a half years, um, whether he wants to be involved or his experience or who he takes his advice from, I don't think they're the right. You know, yeah, it's the right combination to make it successful at a football club. Um, I don't put everything solely to blame at his door. But what I would say um, is that it's it's obviously not going to work. So I just want to say that view before anyone shoots me down for the point I'm going to make. No, um, no, the, a floor lot of people dis- the floor is yours. The floor is yours. There's no shooting down. Okay. Okay. So um, a lot of people have discussed, obviously, the lost protest and whether it played a part in um, Bichetti, obviously, losing interest and taking the budget away in the January transfer window. Personally, I don't think... It is the sole reason, but I think he's played a slight part amongst other things. Um, and I'm not happy with the way the club is at the moment, but I didn't protest on, on the basis that if, um, even, I, even if I peacefully protested to him um, publicly, um, you know, in the press or on the news or whatever that be, and if rightly or wrongly he took offence and took all the money out of the club and said, I'm gone the next day, I would feel guilty that I played a part in him just completely leaving us financially in real, real, real trouble. So I think the timing of it was slightly off. I do massively applaud Loft for trying to get a plan B in place. That's really, really important because, and I'll get on to where we go from here in a minute, but it's really important that we do have a plan B and I probably would have waited after we had a plan B to make FB an offer before we protest rather than do it before a January transfer window where it's kind of really hurting us now that he's lost interest. Where I think we go from here, it's really important is um, that we do get that plan B sorted because if we continue as fans to keep saying, Bichetti out, you know, do one, you Italian X, Y and Z or whatever, and if we keep the masses of abuse he's getting up at the moment, then he could turn around and say, I'm not I I don't even care if I make a loss. I'm just going to sell to anybody who comes along that wants it. And he may not do any sort of real due diligence and vetting to be the future of our football club. That could be a more detrimental effect and we could end up with someone worse than Bichetti is at the moment. For example, we could, he could sell to a Chinese consortium that doesn't know anything about the leagues, that purely wants to buy the ground off Hearn for cheap and then do what they will with it got no interest in the club and we could end up with that being far worse worse position than Bajetti. On on the separate note, we could also get sold to someone like Red Bull, for example. So a lot of people have said, we want our club back, we're losing our identity. But Red Bull could come in and say, okay, well, you're not late in Orient anymore. You're going to be Orient Red Bull FC. We're going to change your badge. We're going to change your kit. We're going to brand everything all over your ground and we really will lose our identity. So I think the only way that the fans and us can have any sort of control with what happens next is really trying to get that consortium together so that we can make an offer to Bichetti. Because if we make that offer and he said he refuses, then every single fan should protest. But it's only when we're it's an offer that's an alternative that the fans are comfortable with. So I think we should kind of back loft to try and do that and try and help. But I think, you know, if you look from Bruschetti's point of view, he's got his business partner, Angelari, had a heart attack. He's getting abuse left, right and centre. Um, he's losing loads of money. Um, and he's probably thought, I've had enough of it. Now, rightly or wrongly, if that's weak or not, he's only been with Orient two years. He doesn't love the club like we do. He might just think, I've had enough. Um, but we, if we keep effing and blinding at him, he may sell to someone far worse than him that has absolutely no interest in the football club. 
I think the underlying, so, I think the under, and we've run massively over, but you're making some good points. I think the underlying comment with you, Ben, is be careful what you wish for because you might end up jumping from the frying pan into the fire. So, Ben, we're going to have to stop it there, buddy. Thank you so much for no coming on. Thanks, and, guys. Uh, Take care. Yeah, Thanks. all the same. Bye. Thank you, Ben. Bye. So, that was Ben and LMFC again making some great points. So, again, if you've heard of this phone in, if you agree or disagree, let us know at Orient Outlook uh, on Twitter or give us an email at Orient Outlook. So do you agree with what Ben said? Andy made some very good points about Loft and and both seem very supportive of of it. So let us know what you think. Tweet us, email us, message us on Facebook. Next caller, or we are calling now, uh, this is Emery from At Leighton Orient Fan TV, which is a new uh, Orient TV channel. Good evening, Emery. Um, Hello, thanks for having me in. I'd like to introduce everyone to Leighton Orient Fan TV. This will take place after every home game outside the South and Turnstile and some away games. Everyone is welcome on it. I'll be asking them questions on how they felt the match went. We will also be asking home and away fans on their score predictions before the game. This is mainly so we can get our voice heard. Our YouTube channel is called Leighton Orient Fan TV and our Twitter is at Leighton Orient TV. Okay, and thanks for the introduction there and welcome to the Orient community there. And do you have any thoughts on the current situation at Leighton Orient? Is there anything else that you wanted to add? Um, yeah, I'm just like, we're in trouble and we just like, our president, he's, he's a good, like, he's rich, but he just doesn't like know what he's doing. Um, but he needs, yeah, and we're in trouble. But if we get a few decent results, then things can change and we can start looking up the table. Do you think we're going to get those results given the, the the limited squad that we have available? If we sign a couple of decent players, then yeah, I think so. I think we'll stay up, but yeah, um, we can push for a promotion next season. But I just don't think it will happen this season. Okay. I think we'll stay up. Good so, point. Yeah, no, it's, that's fair enough. We'd like to look ahead to the future, but in terms of at the moment, it, Andy Edwards has said that the chairman has told him to get on with it with the players that he's got. What do you think about that? Um, I just think that I I just think that's kind of stupid because our players we need new players because the players that we have now like they they're just not good enough and they don't play for the badge. Mm. Yes. Yeah. So we need to add a couple of players and yeah. Good point. Good point. So Emray will be starting at later on at Fan TV. So you're on Twitter. You're on YouTube now. I think I've seen yeah. Instagram anywhere else that people can find you. Facebook. Uh, no, we're just on Twitter on YouTube. We might start an Instagram page. Oh, okay. Cheers for that, Ray. Have a good, uh, have a good rest of the evening. And thank you for, for calling in. Uh, thank you. Thank See you, buddy. So, M. Ray, who's launching at Orient, uh, let's wait, Leighton Orient Fan TV. I think there's already an Orient Fan TV. So, that's Leighton Orient Fan TV. So, the last uh, person on the phone in will be uh, at Jamie Stripes. So, Jamie is contributing massively. Um, to the podcast through his tweets he used to be editor of the Orienteer Orienteer exactly and Jamie is now live with us on the phone now Jamie hello welcome to the podcast the floor is yours you have two and a half minutes right okay thanks man thanks mate yeah. you want that? Uh, over uh, to just you just about uh, what I typed sorry I wasn't quite ready um, okay for me, we need eight wins to be sure of survival. The games v Morecambe, Notts County, Newport, Hartlepool and Cheltenham need to yield the maximum 15 points. Otherwise, I think we are certs for a bottom four finish. The way Edwards sets us up seems to be erring on the side of damage limitation. His problem is that the team simply cannot keep clean sheets at one end and are desperately short creatively at the other. Those old enough to remember the 94-95 club for a fiver season are getting the jitters, especially as Bichetti has decided not to finance any team strengthening in the window. I wonder what has happened to any fee the club received for Simpson and will it go and pay the wages here at the end of the month? Those fearing a collapse into administration might get a better idea as to where we are by the end of the month or February, and the silence of Michele and Gagliardi isn't doing anybody any favours. At the start of the season, I really fancied our chances to get promoted. As it stands, I'd bite your hand off for 22nd place if you'd offered to admit right now. We're in a little bit of stuck then by the sounds of it. Well, by, 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 by seemingly. Why, why do you think Bacchetti suddenly decided to sort of put the shutters up and, and just go even more silent than what he usually is? I don't know. I think he's, I think he's a bit upset about what happened at 
the demonstration versus the Blackpool game. But I think his his interest might have waned anyway, seeing how badly we're playing this season, especially at the home games, and obviously more people looking towards him as reason why we're on the slide. But to be, but also, I, I just think that it, it's not worked out for him as he thought it was going to be. I think he thought he'd at least be in the championship by after after two years, three years, and the, the way it's gone, it's gone completely the other way. Yeah. Do you, do you, do you think he's been unlucky uh, with the players that he signed, or do you think he's just not capable of running a football club and he's just kind of made too many mistakes? I, I think it's a bit of both. I think that he has been a bit unlucky. I mean, at the beginning of the season, you saw the people that came into the club and you'd say, yeah, coupled with what we've got with like Cox and Simpson and a few of the others, you'd say, yeah, there's enough there. On the other hand, though, I think the last year since he sacked Hendon, he's gone on so many tangents in regards to hiring and firing managers. It's, it's a bit of both, really. I think he's just beginning to come over as more as a liability now than the money he's put in kind of... For, for want of a better word, he's come over more of a liability than, than the money he's put in is worth. Yeah. I mean, I don't know of any clubs at this level that's had £10 million thrown at it and have become tangibly worse over 18 months. Yeah, I good, can't name one. Good point. Neither can we, unfortunately, apart from late on. Jamie, thank you for joining us on Sunday night. Two and a half minutes is up. Thank you for, for giving us your time. And uh, okay. up the O, speak to you soon. Thanks, mate. Cheers, Jamie. Cheers, so, mate. that was our first ever live phone in. So, I hope you've enjoyed that. Give us your thoughts. Did you enjoy it? Did you not enjoy it? Is it worth doing again? If so, would you like to be part of it? Let us know. That's orientoutlook at outlook.com or at orientoutlook on Twitter. Um, so, as well as those uh, views, obviously, we are on Twitter. So, we got a DM from at John Macca 1977 in front of yesterday's match. And he said, Evening, fellas. Thought the players worked their socks off today. They showed enough that they are up for this fight that we find ourselves in. I think some fans need to lower their expectations a little bit and understand that we are not even close to being able to go to Portsmouth and match them. And finally, take a bow, Gavin Massey. He also goes on to say that I think Andy made the right call by going defensive because if he, had he gone more attacking, Pompey would have picked us off and we'd have been on the end of a drubbing. <coughs> but this game was a free hit as I didn't expect us to get anything against one of the best teams in the league. A positive also is that we moved up a place today to 20th and today's results have dragged more teams into the dogfight. It's time to stop moaning about things and start supporting our team. The players need our support. A few of them may not deserve it, but we need to do it if we are going to stay in the Football League. Thanks for all you do, fellas, and see you at the Morecambe game. Up the O's, John. So thanks. So uh, thanks, John. And, uh, and John. obviously there was a lot of good points from a lot of the call so from from all the callers that, that we had. Do let us know if you agree with any or disagree with anything. Uh, debate is healthy. Yep. Uh, we also now have uh, MX Quicks who sent a message. Yeah, he said, I honestly don't know why people keep banging on about FB needing to put money in if we have any chance of staying up and him selling. Correct me if I'm wrong, but hasn't he been putting money in for three years Look what his three years of plowing money into our club has done. He's turned this club on its head, and I'd rather he kept his money to buy himself a few nice cars than put another bean into us and ends by saying, see you later, FB. Yeah. Well, that's the polite version. So thank you, Amex Queen. Thank you, Sean, yeah. for your DM. Lovely. And at Joe Watts 9 said, defence isn't good enough. Edwards isn't the answer. Club and fans in turmoil. There's only one direction we're heading, and that's down. At Ron Sampson 15 says, I can't see us winning another game, to be honest let alone seven or eight, which will be needed to stay up, now up front and conceding silly goals. At the Authentic Gaz, Newport and Notts County get a point, Cheltenham get three, LOFC get none. It's getting very serious at the wrong end. At David Sears 3 said, our form is getting worse. We are conceding lots of goals, nine or three games now, only going one way, Newport and Cheltenham will soon overtake us. At Orient Fan TV said, Dear Mr. Bacchetti, if you care about Orient and what is happening at present, please support Andy Edwards this, dra- this January or sell up now. At Sadie May 407 says, The team need to show more passion for the shirt. <laughs> they need to fix up and start pulling together or we will go down. David TH64301889 said, Can't fault effort today. No creative players. The problem. At Janine Adelman said, We weren't embarrassed today. Saw some fight, particularly in the first half. Massey's goal was just well. However, must stop giving away stupid goals. Jelena, I hope you enjoyed yesterday and I hope you wrapped up warm because uh, I saw the photo that you and Dennis tweeted us. So I hope you weren't too cold out and stand at Portsmouth. 
at O's fan basing. Not many shots, but tried hard, and Massey was excellent. They care, but if they are low in confidence and the defence don't concentrate, then we have no chance. Very good point there, Mark. At Len M4 said, outclassed by a team, but did it even play that well? We've heard that before. Moore was our man of the match. He was absolutely everywhere. MP Allen goes on to say, is it only me feeling like today's result was a positive one? Purely because I was expecting us to get battered. Yeah, I'm the same. Yeah. At Sally underscore Eccleston, getting a bit of stick off Orient players on Twitter saying, not what we wanted, go again next week. They are not good enough. Yeah, good point. Yeah. Pandemonium1881 says, we played better and could have got something from the game with a little more quality in fighting for first and the second balls. Never a penalty today. Goal looked offside. Criminal defending for the second. And we have to tighten up. Very worrying, but it's not all over yet. Yep, and Ben LFC, who we had on just a moment ago, uh, tweeted us with a stat saying, Leighton Orient have managed 30 shots on target in the last 11 league games. That's 16 and a half hours of football. That's one shot on target every 33 minutes. That's a great stat. So stat fans have that. Yeah, fortunately not very good news for Orient fans. No. Les underscore Bristow says, LFC were always underdogs today versus Pompey. Anyone expecting a win was naive. Losing by a one-goal margin is respectable. Yeah. And we even scored a goal. Let's get real now. We are in a relegation fight. That is 100% bang on the money. And the final word goes to at Will Russell 23 who said, whether it's poor positioning, an <coughs> awful pass or whatever else he conjures up, Parks is at fault for conceding every game. Very interesting point there about Parks. I had a few tweets about Parks. Let us know what you think about Parks. You know, are you, do you think he's playing well? Do you think he's to blame? Or an outlook? Alec.com or on Twitter give us an email give us what your thoughts on Tom Park so thank you for all yep. the tweets we got yesterday uh, obviously we can't read them all out but uh, if we didn't include you we do apologise and hopefully uh, keep sending us your tweets yep prediction league update so well done to at Lenm4 at Joe underscore Parvet and at Johnny uh, underscore 2699 who predicted 2-1 and an extra well, uh, well done to at LOFC Chaz who predicted 2-1 and their goal scorer twice yeah so we're starting to get people predicting the other team's goal scorer <laughs> so he said 2-1 Portsmouth and two goals for Chaplin so he got five points so it's getting very tight up there so Nino Baroni is still in first Joe Pavitt has now moved up to second and MP Allen 2-2-2 slips down to third in our prediction league Yep. Full tables on our Facebook page. It's very tight around the middle and the upper middle. Okay. One result now could uh, could swing it. So next prediction league, obviously, gets Morecambe, which we'll come on to in a little bit. Yep, fancy football update. Elliot Hartfree-Pierce leads the league on 1,197 points. 36 points ahead of second place Barry Underwood. And Steve, you moved up to 27th. Well done. Up nine places, so the revolution starts now. How many have we got now? now? 60 what? 62. 62, 62 okay. So That's good. It's going to be tight there. It's going to be tight, so... A few more decent weeks for me. Mid-table mediocrity up. lies for you, perhaps. Absolutely. absolutely. That's fine. So Sunday, 15th January today. Normally, we'd give you an update on the women's score, but nothing to report today, as the ladies' match was cancelled due to waterlogged pitch. So, I think they're back in action next Sunday, and obviously, we'll get back to reporting on them when they start playing again. So, yeah. positives and negatives for the last four days? Do you want to yeah, positives? so positives. Obviously, having <laughs> Sammy Moore back is like a new signing. Yeah. Uh, Gavin Massey's goal, probably contender for uh, one of the goals of the season. I think Gavin Massey's goal... He must end up being in the team in a week on the league paper or Skybet League 2, I would have thought. Everyone must oh, be raving about the performance. Check. I presume yeah. tomorrow he'll, he'll come out and be in a few different teams in a week or that goal will be nominated for a few goals in a week. Yeah, and, and obviously, yeah, and obviously dis- despite the fact that we lost, we did end up moving um, up a place, which is obviously an unusual situation um, to be in. But yeah, that's that's good for us. Yep, so negatives. Uh, and So another loss, that's three on the trot now. And a winless 2017 uh, biggest negative for me is transfer situation with Francesco Bichetti. What is he doing? You know, love to know what he's doing. If if he'd come communicate with the fans, that'd be a, that'd be a start. Another negative: teams around us all picked up points yesterday, and we didn't. So there's more things being dragged in, but we are being dragged in. And final negative: conceded so soon in the second half. Like I think that Dave Victor said earlier that we took the tweet from. I think that's eight times this season where we've come out and conceded within the first ten minutes of the second half. Yeah. So that's quite poor. Uh, Hero of the week this week, we're going to give it straight up to Gavin Massey. So well done to to, to him. Well done to Gav, yep. Um, Yeah, sorry, no drum roll. Um, (laughs) But next week's fixtures, just the one fixture for us next week as we entertain Morecambe on Saturday the 21st of January. They are currently 17th in League 2 on 31 points and drew away with Carlisle yesterday, one all. So I'd say that's probably a pretty good result for them. That was a great result for them. They they had a man sent off as well. So that would be good because he'll be suspended for our game. 
Yep. And uh, obviously it becomes a massive six-pointer for us now. So just to round up on this week's episode then. Yep, so thanks for joining us for episode 90. Mate, we're in the 90s Steve now. rolling up to the 100, 100 now. 10 weeks today, we're in 100, yeah. yeah. So it's been a couple of crazy days at the O's, saving more returning. The stay away chairman who's not giving any money to his manager and looking to sell the club. But his actions are having a massive say uh, in the current situation at the moment and he could end up having a massive say in what league we end up in next season. You know, which is silly because it's going to impact the value of the club. And like we've just gone through, week ended disappointingly with a defeat at Portsmouth, but we kept it respectable. So what will this week bring? Who knows? But if anything does happen, we bring you all the latest news via our social media accounts on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. So we'll be back with episode 91 next week with all the news, views and most comprehensive roundup of all things Orient from anywhere in the world. So we look forward to hearing from you. Have a great week. And as always... Keep coming to the podcast. And Mr B, we dedicate our outro song to you. Up the O's.